Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well you're having a great day. Hope you're uh, you're speaking. Hoping you're getting those gigs. Hoping you're. Uh, I don't know. Hope you're making a traveling, making a little dent in the world. Doing doing the thing that you are listening to this podcast for. And uh, if you are brand new, if you're just joining us, if you're just finding all following the we teach speaking. We're really good at it. Okay. We're leaving all this in, by the way. We want to help you build and grow your speaking business. There's a lot of ways that people can use speaking in their business and a lot of ways that you can go about finding and booking speaking engagements. And so that's what we teach here at the Speaker Lab. We do that in the form of this podcast. We do a lot of online live trainings. We have different courses and different things at all different stages to help you build and grow your speaking business. So today, today we are doing a, a listener question. This is a great question. I'm really glad uh, that this one came in because this is going to help you like a little secret. It shouldn't be a secret hack, but it is uh, something that I think made a huge, huge difference in my own career uh, in terms of, of finding and booking speaking engagements. And that is once you connect with a, a potential client, how do you actually follow up with them without being annoying? So this isn't just my question. This is a question that comes in from listener Chuck Hendricks. So I'm going to let Chuck take it away. Hi, Grant. It's Chuck Hendricks from ChuckHendricks.com. And my question is, when you are trying to get those gigs, what's the best dialogue when you're following up that you don't shoot yourself in the foot, but maybe open the door to have that conversation, the dialogue that will actually land the gig? Thanks a lot for all you're doing. All right, thanks for the question, Chuck. Sounds like you're watching a, some type of sporting event in the background there. I'm always, uh, I was just kind of curious. I'm like, what, what were you watching there, Chuck? Let us know. So, how do you follow up with potential clients? Now, this can, uh, without having too much more context, it's 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 a bit hard to know what exactly you're referring to there. But I'll give you a couple different answers there because you really, you would have basically a couple different phases here. So you can think about it whenever you might reach out to a potential client or customer. Uh, on like your very first initial contact with them. So how do you follow up on that? Or let's say that they you've interacted with a client before and you want to follow up with them more once they're closer to making a decision. How do you follow up at that point? So a couple different, fa- or I guess, stages where maybe you would be doing some some follow-up there. And I think to start off where I, I love the question, Chuck, because I think this is honestly kind of a secret sauce for me in my career as a speaker is that there's a lot of times where I would reach out to a potential client 
And they would say something like, hey, we're not reviewing speakers like right now, but, you know, check back with us in, you know, two months. And most speakers would be like, okay, well, and they just hopefully like magically they're going to remember in two months to follow up. Or the client says, hey, we'll get back with you in two months. And then the, the speaker's just assuming that they're going to get back with them in two months. And then it doesn't happen. And it just kind of falls through the cracks. So I think something that, that's worked really, really well for us is just being very, very strategic about following up. And as simple as it seems, just doing what we said we're going to do. So if we tell, a, if we talk to a client and and uh, they're going to be meeting in a couple months from now, we'll put a note on the calendar. And I'll kind of walk you through the system of this in a second. But just being very strategic, very methodical about it and having a, a plan in place to do what you said you were going to do. If you said you're going to follow up with them, then follow up with them. And so a lot of times we don't follow up because we're just lazy. We don't want to mess with it. We hope they're going to get back with us. So we, we think something along those lines. Or what happened, we just think, well, if they're interested, they're going to call us back. And sometimes they just don't call us back, not because they don't like us, not because we did anything wrong, just because they're busy. And so maybe picking a speaker at that time when you contacted them is just far down their priority list. And so being strategic about following up with them is really, really, really critically important. So, okay, let's, so let's talk about the question here, Chuck. Now, before you reach out to a potential client, so let's just play this out. Let's say that you are, you know what you want to speak about, you know who you want to speak to, you're kind of browsing around, you find a, a possible opportunity, okay? You, you find an, an opportunity where that you might be able to speak at some type of conference or event. One thing I would say is to, you want to make sure that you are reaching out usually like six to nine months before the event. So if you're looking and you find this event and it's happening next week, don't like don't bother reaching out, all right? They've got their speaker set, they're good to go. That's not going to be super effective. But what I would recommend is again, looking usually six to nine months out. The reason being is that I would rather be farther out from from when they pick a speaker than for it to have passed. Meaning that, let's say I reach out to a potential client and they say, well, we're not reviewing speakers for another two months. Perfect. I'll check back with you in two months. Versus, oh, we just hired a speaker last week. Ah, oh, crap. Well, now I got to wait a you know a whole other year potentially before they maybe start reviewing speakers again. So you want to reach out too almost too far out than too close in. But most events they usually look at speakers usually six to nine months out. Most big events it's going to be nine to twelve months. Smaller events maybe three to six months. So usually somewhere in that six to nine month window is a decent time. So making sure you're reaching out around then. Now when you reach out, make sure that you are trying, you're doing your best to contact who you think is the decision maker. So don't send to some generic inbox. So I wouldn't recommend sending to just support at google.com or what, I don't know, Gmail, whatever. So don't just send to some like generic email. You want to make sure that if you're sending an email, you're sending it to a specific person so that you have someone to follow up on. Otherwise, it's going to go to just kind of this miscellaneous, all-encompassing email inbox, and and it's probably going to get lost in the shuffle. Also, make sure that whenever you're sending that initial email, make sure your email is short and sweet. One of the goals here is we're trying to build a relationship. We're not just trying to get a one-night stand. We're not trying to, to just book a gig. We're trying to build a relationship relationship with this person. So kind of think about it from like the other side of the spectrum there. Like if you you flipped it around if someone sent you some email that was unsolicited, you didn't know who this person was, and it was just 97 paragraphs about why they are so awesome and why you should spend money with them and yada, 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 like you would never read that. That would become, that would be very, very annoying. It would be a huge, huge turnoff for you. So make sure when you're sending that initial email to a potential client that you keep it short and sweet. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll send something like, hey, John, I just came across your Florida dog training conference in 
you know, June. I was just curious if you've started reviewing speakers yet. Let me know. Thanks, Grant. That's it. That, that's the whole email. So I'm not going into, hey, I'm a speaker and here's my life story and this is what I talk about and here's all the places I've spoke to and here's the links to my website and my YouTube video and da 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 blah 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 blah. I'm not just like verbally vomiting on them. I'm, again, I'm trying to get them to reply. And ultimately, that's the goal. The goal initially with that very first email is to get them to reply. And so the shorter and sweeter the email is, the more likely they are going to reply. The other thing I would do is I want to make sure in that initial email that I'm asking them some type of question that is easy for them to respond to. So asking them some type of question that's easier to respond to. So uh, I think we've all got emails before that you get an email from someone, maybe it was a cold email, maybe it was just a, an email from someone that you knew, and you're just kind of like reading through it like, did they need me to do anything? Am I supposed to respond to this? Is this just a heads up? Or like, what, like what's the point of this email? So uh, a lot of times I'll try to end that email with some question that's very, very simple for them to reply to, something that's easy for them to respond to. Because again, remember, they're, they're busy. They have a lot going on. So if I send them some email asking about their life story or something that's very complicated or, or difficult for them to respond to, I'm most likely not going to get a response, or at least not very quickly. So I want to make sure that I'm asking something that's easier for them to respond to. So that's why I asked something like, you know, have you started reviewing speakers for your event yet? That's it. I mean, that's pretty much a yes, no question. So something like that works really well. So again, the point here is the, the goal is I just want to get them to reply to that initial email. Now from there, one of the things that we actually have, we include this in our booked and paid to speak training program is we have what we call a follow-up flow chart, a follow-up flow chart. So basically, it removes the guesswork and removes the emotion because once you send an email, you're kind of wondering like, did they get it? Should they didn't reply? Should I follow up? Are they on vacation? What do I do at this point? And so having a follow-up flow chart just removes some of the guesswork. But generally what we do is after that first initial email, if I don't get a reply, and keep in mind too, that most people won't reply. Most people are busy. Most people are gone. Most people, you know, people are smart and they know that if you're sending an email that's just asking about their event and that you're they connect the dots that you're a speaker they they most likely know that you are are most likely interested in coming to speak at their event so there's nothing wrong with that but again just know that most people are connecting the dots there so most people may not be interested in replying again not that they're mean maybe at that point they recognize and realize that you're, you know, you're a speaker looking for a potential opportunity and they're just, they're not reviewing speakers right now. So you're offering a solution to a need that at that very moment, they just don't have. So from there, so what I normally do is I'd wait about two weeks before I follow up. And whenever I follow up with them, I always want to, well, first of all, let me talk about that, the two weeks window. I want to give them plenty of time to respond. So maybe there was a holiday, maybe they're just busy, maybe they were on vacation, maybe they were out sick for a few days, maybe something else was pressing and they just haven't they just haven't responded to it yet okay they were planning on it they just haven't got to it so what you don't want to do is send an email on monday and then on wednesday send them another email saying like hey i haven't heard back from you that is super super annoying okay don't be again remember the goal here is i'm trying to get them to reply and i'm trying to build a relationship so don't be annoying okay don't do crap like that this happens from time to time where people will email me and then a couple days later just follow up again but i had an email from a guy uh, and i'm normally I'm, I'm pretty anal on like just following up on on emails or just replying to emails and try to keep up with that and try to keep the inbox zero as much as possible 
But I remember a while back, a guy sent me an email and then next day he, and I didn't reply to him right away. And next day he sent a follow-up email. And then the next day he sent a follow-up and he sent like something like seven follow-up emails over the course of like two weeks. It was just ridiculous to the point where I was super, super annoyed with him. It just like the whole thing just left a bad taste in my mouth about that person. Now, maybe whatever the service or product was, whatever the thing was he was offering may have been phenomenal, but the whole thing just left a bad taste in my mouth because he was such a pest. He was so annoying about it. So finally, I just told him like, dude, you are so annoying. Stop emailing me. And it just like, it really ticked me off. So make sure that if you're going to follow up and it's totally fine to follow up, just make sure that you're giving people enough breathing room there. So again, that's why I normally wait about two weeks. Whenever I follow up with them after that two week mark, what I will do is instead of sending them another brand new email, I will forward the original email to them. So that way it's just kind of connecting the dots that, hey, I did send this, you know, a couple of weeks ago and maybe you missed it, maybe it got lost, whatever. And so in that original, uh, I'll forward that, find that original email that I sent two weeks before. I will forward that to them and then just put a short little email. Hey, I sent you the below email a couple of weeks ago. I know that you're busy, so this may have just slipped through the cracks. Would love to hear from you when you get a second. You know, just something like that. Just, hey, I, I, just acknowledging, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on. I just wanted to just, just bring this to the top of your radar again. So that's what I would normally do. After that, I will wait another two or three weeks. I will forward again. And then what I'll do at that point is I'll leave what I call a ball in your court email. All right. And so the wording is basically, hey, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on. I certainly don't want to be a, you know, annoying. So I will leave the ball in your court. If you'd like to chat more, let me know. Okay. So that way I'm basically letting them know, hey, I'm, I'm not going to keep hounding you. I'm not going to keep bothering you. I'd love to chat with you. And I have found that a lot of times, this is just what internally what we call the ball in your court email, that this always gets a great response. Now, again, know that you know still a good majority of people won't respond, but for the people that are interested in somewhat and they just haven't had a chance to respond for whatever reason, this is something that catches their attention and they're like, oh, I, I definitely need to respond to this because I am interested, I am intrigued, or I do have more questions. So again, I would send that email. So I usually would send those three emails, the initial email, two weeks later, send a follow-up email by forwarding the original email. And then two weeks after that, usually two to three, Three weeks after that, forward it again with the ball in your court, just a short little email like that. Now, let's assume at that point that they respond in any way, okay, at any point during it, they respond. The goal is to get them on the phone. So if I follow up with a potential client and uh, or I send an email to a potential client and they email back showing any interest at all of, yeah, I, you know, I, I looked at your site and it looks interesting. Tell me more. Or what are your fees? Or do you have a video? Or what's your availability on this date? If they show any interest at all in having me speak, what I would do at that point is I would call them. The goal is to get them on the phone. Okay. The reason is, is that it's much, much easier to, to build rapport and connection with someone over the phone than it is through email. With email, you just don't have that personal connection that you do over the phone. So uh, that's why, yes, I could just respond to their email with, you know, some text answer there, but I always, always, always want to pick up the phone and call them. Now, if they, now if they reply, if I send them some, some emails here and I'm following up with them and I'm following up with them and if they reply like generically, okay, so let's just say they say something along the lines of, you know, send us some more information, something like that. What I want to try to do at that point is I want to find out 
when they will review speakers or when they make any type of decision, okay? That's kind of the goal there. And then once you know that, the second thing I would try to do is try to get permission to follow up. So it would play out like this. Let's say that I reach out to someone and they say, hey, you know, we're not looking at speakers right now, but we'll keep you on the radar for our event next year. Then I might reply, awesome, that sounds great. I'm just curious when you'll start reviewing speakers for that event. Okay, again, just a short, simple question, easy for them to reply to. And so if they say, we will start reviewing, you know, speakers in January, then I will follow up by asking, do you mind if I touch base with you in January? So something along those lines is basically how the, the flow would go. And so again, the goal here is to figure out when they review speakers or when they're making a decision. And then the second thing is to get permission to follow up get permission to follow up. So once you have permission to follow up, then you just do what you said you would do. So if they say we're, we're meeting in January to discuss speakers, then what I would do is I would follow up with them. Actually, not in January. I'd touch base with them in December uh, because sometimes between now and in January or whenever they meet, maybe they move it up a little bit. Maybe they change their schedule. Maybe something happens that you didn't know about. And so again, you don't want to reach out to them in January and they're like, oh, well, we, you know, we moved the meeting up and, and we made a decision in, in December. So what I do is if I know when they are going to be meeting, then I will follow up usually like a, a few weeks before and touch base and just say, hey, I know that you, I know last time we talked and kind of give them a quick refresher. And again, this is, if you have that original email conversation, just reply to that. Don't start a new email chain. So that way they've got the context there. And then so in that email I'm going to say to them, hey, last time we talked, you mentioned you guys were, your team would be meeting in January. I, I just wanted to make sure you had what you needed from me and see if there's anything else I can do for you or any other questions I can answer for you. So again, you're just kind of like refreshing them on this was the conversation. This is what we talked about. You said you would follow up. And so you're following up now. And so then what I would do is I'd also, assuming they do reply or don't reply, then I'm going to touch base with them, usually like the week of their meeting just again to make sure that they have everything that they need. I'm going to touch base with them afterwards as well. So usually like a week later to see how the meeting went and see if they made any decisions on it. And again, I'm not trying to be annoying here. I'm not trying to be a pain. I'm not trying to continually hound or annoy people, but I want to figure out what their decision-making process is. And I guess bigger than that would be their decision-making timeline and making sure that I am following up according to that. So if they say they're going to be meeting in July, then I want to make sure that I follow up in July. So that's basically what I would say in terms of, of how to have like some type of follow-up process with potential clients. Now, I would also recommend that you not just depend on your brain to remember all this, okay? You not just write down on a piece of paper, oh, don't forget to touch base with Carl in January about their conference. Like, don't do that. So what I would recommend is that you use some type of tool. Now, you could put a, a task on your calendar and just, you know, uh, put it like literally like, a, a, like an appointment for yourself that in January, you're going to follow up with Carl about such and such event, you know, whatever that may be. There's some other tools that I, I might recommend more though. We actually use a tool called HiRise. You can check it out at HiRiseHQ.com, HiRiseHQ.com. Uh, we've used this tool for about seven or eight years at this point. 
It's a tool created by the uh, company formerly known as, as 37 Signals. They make the product Basecamp. And so it's a great tool. It's basically just a contact management software to keep track of conversations. You can write notes in there. Like once, If you do have a conversation with someone and you're not going to follow up with them for six months, you're going to forget what you talked about six months ago. So I put notes in there. Of, this is what we discussed. This is what they said. And then I can assign myself a task of when I'm going to follow up with them next. And that way, I don't have to think about it. It's kind of out of side out of mind. And I just know that come January or whenever it said we we're going to follow up with them, I've got a task that, that's going to ping me. All right, circle back with this person and check back with them. I can look back at my notes, see what we talked about, and then I can make that call or I can send that email and follow up with them from there. So having a system like a high rise works really well. Another one that I know a lot of people use is contactually. Contactually, C-O-N-T-A-C-T-U-A-L-L-Y. Contact and then you will <laughs> C-O-N-T, and then the word actually, all right, contactually, uh, <laughs> contactually.com. So that's another one, a similar type of tool that does the same type of thing. But again, the point here is that you've got a process. You have a way to follow up with people and you're not just dependent on them getting back with you. So great question, Chuck. I hope that helps. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat chatteroo with myself, me, myself, and I. And I hope that was helpful. Again, like I was saying before, that whenever you follow up with a client, a potential client, a client that you've, you've reached out to, it makes such a massive difference. Uh, because again, they're busy, they have a lot going on, but just staying top of mind with them and catching them at the right time whenever they are looking to hire a speaker can make all the difference between being hired versus not. So hope today's question and answer was helpful for you. Hey, if you have a question, just so you know, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing several questions and answers. But if you have a question, Feel free to stop by the speakerlab.com and go to Ask Grant tab right at the top of the page. Again, that is the speakerlab.com and go to the Ask Grant question or tab, yeah, at the top of the page there. And we will help you out. Leave us a voicemail question or, or text in your question there. And we'd love to uh, answer that on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Also, hey, if you're looking for more help and, and training as far as finding and booking speaking engagements, you definitely want to stop by freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Check it out, and uh, hopefully we can uh, help you out there with our live trainings that we do just about every single week. So hope to catch you there. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 104. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.